is today. Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. This is gonna be great! <laughs> Good day, everyone. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed. I hope you have. I don't know. But uh, my last two Devo podcasts been a little more on the Devo side than the whole podcast side. Which, what I mean is, like, they've been pretty short. Uh, I think they're running around 11, 12 minutes each. That is, like, in and out crazy fast for me. I, I usually like to talk. Like, we get into some things that... Uh, hopefully you like, I like to just talk about random things and then get into the devotional. I know my wife has always been on me saying that she hates all that other stuff. She just wants the devotional. And I'm like, where's the support, right? Can we just support me on this thing? But anyways, um, I'm going to make up for that today. That's right. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff and we're going to get into a really good Devo. Like, mm, I'm excited about this. I got I got something really good to share with you. But first, let's talk about things happening in the life. In the life of Pastor Adam here. So this year was the first year I went to the Coastal Carolina Fair. It's like a big fair in the area for Charleston. And here's some things that I realized about this fair. I went with Lola, so it's just me and Lola going. It's freaking expensive. It's crazy expensive to get in, $15 a person. So we're spending 30 bucks already just to walk in the doors. Um, now when I walked in to the right, right as you got in, there's a little petting zoo. That was cool. $5 to feed them. I don't care about feeding them. Right. And guess what? They had a zebra in there. And did you know this? Like I've pet a lot of horses and donkeys and mules and stuff like that. The zebra was so soft. It was like the softest animal. It was amazing. So that was, that was pretty awesome. Um, but as we're walking around, uh, at a fair, at any fair that you go to, you're going to have food vendors, you're going to have rides, um, and you're going to have games. Now, Lola wanted to play the games. Back when I used to go to the fairs, back in my day, uh, to play a game was a dollar. You play a dollar, you lose the dollar because the games are made so that you lose and you get ripped off. It's fine. You know what you're in for. But now, at this fair, at most fairs, I guess... Five dollars just to play. Five dollars just to play a game that you're you're taking five dollars and flushing it down the toilet. It's crazy. So what I did for Lola is I made her walk the whole fair. We look at the games and they're harassing you, trying to get you to play. One that I thought was pretty funny though, we were walking by just because I want to get a lay of the land first. Um, this guy's like, hey. Come over here. Let's win your daughter a stuffed animal or whatever. And I just looked over and I'm like, nah. And then he's, he just yelled out. He's like, what are you mad at her? And I was like, that's funny. It's good. It's still not going to get me to play. But I like the attempt. Um, but so we walked around the whole thing, get a lay of the land, see what games are possible to maybe win at, you know. So um, first one we went to is you throw the rings onto the little bottles. Now, I've won that in the past. I didn't win it this time. So five bucks gone but they did give you a giant thing of rings to throw so it wasted some time we tried we didn't 
Well, it was like, I can't believe we didn't win. I'm like, get used to that because we're not going to win anything. Then we moved on to uh, a game where you have a fishing pole and it has a, a ring and you you pick up, you're trying to pick up a bottle and set it on this thing, which is slanted, which looks super hard, but the guy demonstrated it and I know he's got, he's been doing it his whole life. This is his li- livelihood, but it's possible. And Lola tried twice, didn't. So there's 10 bucks. So we're down 15. You would think we're down 15, but by the way, the first guy, Carnies aren't good at counting their money. I gave the guy 20. He gave me $20 back, but I didn't count it, so I didn't. Anyways, so we had an extra five. So we have $10 left, and I go, all right, let's go to something that we have a really good chance of winning, and that's the throw the darts and hit the balloon situation game, and uh, paid the $5. Lola threw two darts, hits two balloons. She gets a little stuffed animal, a little whale stuffed animal. Then the guy, now this is early on in the night, in the, like it just opened the, the carnival, and he goes, hey, since you're my first person, I'm paying for the next one. Here's two more. And then uh, and I was looking, I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, you're the first person here. I'm paying for it. Go ahead. So Lola throws two more darts, hits two more balloons, and he's like, great. Now you can get one of these. Or, and he hands me four more. You know what, since you're here, Here's four more. Go ahead. Throw these. You hit all this. You're going to get the big prize. And uh, he goes, it's on me. And I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. So I take it and I'm throwing one. Popped. Two. Popped. Three. Popped. Right before I'm throwing the fourth one, he goes, you just pay the difference now. And I throw it and it hits a a thing. And he's like, okay, cool. You get to pick any of these big ones. That'll be $40. And I go, "Uh, I don't have $40. I have $5 after I paid him. And he's like, what do you mean? I I bought, I said, you said it was on you. He goes, no, I bought the first one. I go, this, and he's trying, he's talking like Vince Vaughn and, and like Fred Claus. By the way, my lights are acting up on me again. I went all the, the whole time last week, no problems. But, um, so he's trying to rip us off and Lola's like, well, I want the big one. Yeah. I go, just give me the little one back. And then he was all salty. And I was like, let's just get out of here. And then the whole rest of the day, Lola was like, why, why can't we get the big one? He said, I know what he said. He's trying to rip us off. You're not understanding. It was a whole thing. Carney life. Is that, is carny like a, like a bad word to use? Is that like, like using the M word for the little people? Is that like, you know what I'm saying? Is that using a bad word? I don't know. But I used it, so there it is. Uh, also, the, although the food was good there, the food is crazy expensive at the fair. I mean, I think I paid 50 bucks for me and Lola to have a corn dog. Uh, what did she get? She got, oh, cheese fries, a water, and a cinnamon roll, and an ice cream cone. 50 bucks. That's crazy crazy we didn't even go on any rides because that had been broke so that was the fair fun but interesting very interesting people there at the fair as well just all i'm just gonna say i'm like there's fair people fair people um moving on uh let me adjust this a little bit uh like i said last week i'm full on in uh Christmas mode, so I've been listening to a lot of Christmas songs. Getting the parade float going really well. We're in the uh, mid stages of that, and this time I got, like I said, I'm going to have some background singers. I picked out some songs that are going to be very choir esque. It's going to be 
It's going to be fun. That's going to be December 2nd. If you're in the Monk's Corner, Charleston, greater Charleston area, you want to come check it out. December 6th at night. It's going to be fun. Now, the last fun thing that I want to get into. This made me laugh thinking about it during service last Sunday. Uh, I want you to watch or listen, however you're listening to this or streaming this. Uh, I want you to listen or watch this clip from Pastor Tommy from this past Sunday. Um, I'm going to play that right now. So check this out. So, so what's the resolution here? I mean, how can we be a light among the darkness, but also at the same time, not identify with the wicked? I think you look at the example of Jesus. I think that's the solution. You look at Jesus, and how did Jesus live his life? Often Jesus was found having dinner with prostitutes and tax collectors. Okay, so everything that he's saying in that clip is true. I agree 100%. And I, you know, it's good. But then I started thinking about logistically, here and now, putting this what he just said into to work. So I have a challenge. I have a challenge that I'm going to put out to all the men listening, all the married men, especially listening, streaming this podcast, Evo, all that. We all want to be more like Jesus, right? Right. That, that, that's a given. So let's make that happen. I challenge all the married men to go out, have dinner with a prostitute. Uh, and if your wife finds about it, out about it and she's like, hey, what are you doing? You'd be saying, what? I'm trying to be more like Jesus. Stop trying to take away my mission field. And then she will be like, oh, I get it. I understand. You know what? You're doing God's work. You, you should do this every week. It's, I would just love to know how that goes for you. Send me some emails, some messages, some DMs, all that. I, I'd love to hear it. So that's the challenge. Married men go have dinner with a prostitute. That's your mission field. Anyways, so I just, I know that my wife would be super excited if I go out to dinner with a prostitute. I'd be like, Jesus, when I hung out with prostitutes and she'd be like, well, you're not Jesus. Anyways, let's move on to the real devotional of the day. I'm really excited about this. It's a little different, but here, we, and there's going to be a lot of scripture in this today too. So bonus I was perusing Spotify, per usual, listening for new stuff. I actually maybe heard this on Instagram, like a little clip, and then I went to Spotify found it. But it's a song by an artist called Maria Rose, who's a part of Songhouse, which is this company, apparently. Um, and the song's called Drunk Again. But a little bit about Songhouse. Uh, I went and looked them up, and it says, The revolutionary Nashville-based pop music production company Songhouse is disrupting the traditional music space and giving aspiring songwriters and artists an innovative avenue for success in the music industry. Becoming the first non-exclusive record label of its kind, as a result, the artists have been offered deals with major labels or publishers and have earned slots on national tours. So it sounds to me like this is a company, if I had a really good song, I'd bring it to them, and they said, we'll love to put this song out for you and help with you with the publishing and all that stuff, and... I think it's good, right? Nothing bad about it. Awesome. Sounds good. Let's do it. So I've never heard of this artist, Maria Rose. Um, and so the, the name of the song is Drunk Again. Now, also, there are a lot of rules that I don't totally understand about music and podcasting. Um, some people say you can uh, 
play snippets as long as you don't play like a lot of it you know, like to get in you won't get in trouble doing that so what i'm going to do is i'm going to snippet it like crazy we're going to do little snippets of the song if you like the song which it's an awesome song you should go listen to it um then you should go to these different places spotify apple um amazon whoever pandora that you stream and you could probably find it um I would love, love, love to get the writer of the song on the podcast to talk to her a little bit about it. Um, I can't find a, a contact to, to do that, so I couldn't even reach out yet. But I'm going to find it, and maybe I can get her on, and we could talk about the song, the writing of it, the thought process of the song. Because it makes me think a lot, and I just want to know what she was doing or what she was thinking and feeling when she wrote it. Because like I said, I have a lot of thoughts on the song about the meaning. So let's dive in. Now, also, I want to make this disclaimer. Uh, I don't actually know what the writer or artist was thinking or feeling or trying to convey. I only know what I got from listening to it. Um, and the reason I say that is because my friend Greg wrote the song called Happiness, which is on our debut album for Chasing Rain which you can get on all the streaming sites. So a little plug for Chasing Rain. Came out in 2016. It's awesome. If you haven't listened to it, you should go do it. Uh, but anyways, we went on a talk show to promote the album. And uh, they brought up this song, Happiness. And and uh, when they were like started talking about it, they were so out of the ballpark of what the song was about that we were we were kind of embarrassed for her. The song is about... Uh, my friend Greg's daughter's depression and the issues she's had in the interviewer that was like, so I love the song happiness. What makes you guys happy? We were like, did you even listen to the song? So it was like, come on, you didn't listen to it. You're just, you saw the name happiness and you decided. So I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be like that interviewer. Um, and I don't think I will be because I've actually listened to the song many times, many times, so many times. And I've picked apart the lyrics. I've, I've thought about it. Um, I've put a lot of effort into this, so so let's do this right now. So we're gonna start with the beginning of the first verse. Oh, I didn't ask for the scars that I've been given. That's the price you pay for someone else's sinning. All right, so I didn't ask for the scars that I've been given. But that's the price you pay for somebody else's someone else's sinning. Now I could see this verse going a couple different ways. Uh, with some with that with that line, someone else is sinning. Could it be that uh, so the song's about drinking? It's called Drunk Again, right? Um, could the the writer, or the singer, be talking about the parents being alcohol alcoholics, and that kind of is passed down through the genes, or whatever? So she has an addictive predisposition. So she she's an alcoholic from that way, maybe. Um, but I also think that, but it could be a verse about getting scars, um, from abuse. Uh, you know, her, when she said, um, I didn't ask for the scars that I've been given. That's the price paper. Someone else is sending. That could be from abuse, from mental abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. And those scars would absolutely make her feel like she's paying a heavy price for somebody else's actions, which is true like that would be very hard it would explain a lot that this song has going on that you'll you'll soon see 
um, that would that trauma at the beginning of your life or whatever, because it looks like she's young anyways, um, would be a catalyst to drive you to drinking, to not trusting, to questioning life, to questioning the church and, and God, because this these terrible things have happened to you at an earlier age and like kind of really messed you up. Right. So I could see you saying you have these scars and it's a price you're paying for someone else's sinning. So right, right off the bat, we're starting like deep. We're deep in it. And then the second part of the verse is this. The preacher said that I'll find a reason. Don't have the heart to tell him I don't believe So said so the preacher says that I'll find a reason. Don't have the heart to tell him I don't believe him. And I think that is reasonable, right? If you've gone through some bad trauma, whatever it may be, and you're hurting and you have these scars in your life that you don't know what to do, and, and then you're, you're going to a church and the pastor's like, well, there's got to be a reason for this. Um, I think that what the preacher is trying to say is God can use these scars, your experience, for good. It could be through this song right now. You could be, you're, you're reaching people through this song and maybe somebody will hear it and be like, yeah, I know exactly how this person feels. And whatever the message is of this song, just knowing that somebody is sharing your trauma, your experience, your scars, your hurt could help that person. God is working through that. And I know of many horrible things that have happened where you like in your life, anybody who's listening that you've seen good come out of it. Now at first you're like, how could this bad thing be good? But then you see how it, it has worked out to help others. Okay. But then there's other times where bad things have happened and, and you don't see anything good come out of it. And maybe you never will, or maybe you think it was for no reason at all. Although we don't know God's plan. Like things that come to my mind, uh, my wife and I watched this, um, show court cam where it goes through court cases and um you know it's at trials and all that and we just hear like some of the worst things of murder abuse and all that that's happened it's like it's for no reason that these things happen or hunger you know people starving or not having clean water child abuse addiction there's lots of reasons and lots of bad things that happen that we don't know what the good that's going to come out of it but we know that god is sovereign and he's working through all those things so i understand what this preacher is saying in this song maybe you know that you'll find a reason for these bad things like i said it could be this song and helping people in the future so i i get it she's Full of trauma, she doesn't trust, she doesn't question, she doesn't believe this preacher that something good could come out of her heart, right? Um, so now we get into the chorus, all right? So I'm gonna play the first half of the chorus. Some call it a habit, some call it a sin, some call it a pattern, I don't know where this is. Okay, so she said, some call it a habit, some call it a sin, some call it a pattern. I don't know where this ends. Um, she's talking about drinking, as you'll see from the second half of this chorus. Now, we know, well, maybe you don't know. Drinking is not a sin. Drinking to drunkenness is a sin, or being drunk is a sin. So 
when she says some call it a habit, some call it a sin, it does, it would qualify as a sin if you are drunk. Some call it a pattern. I don't know what this says. So it is what she's talking about, this drinking thing, as we'll see from the, the song, it is a habit. It is a pattern that she's going through. And getting drunk is a sin. And uh, so I have some scriptures to kind of talk about this. Uh, what does scripture say about drinking, first of all? So we're going to get a lot of stuff from Ecclesiastes. So Ecclesiastes 5.18 said, This is what I have observed to be good, that it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them, for this is their lot. Ecclesiastes 8.15 says, So I command commend the enjoyment of life because there's nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of the, their life God has given them under the sun. And Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 9.7 says, Go eat food with gladness and drink your wine with joyful heart, for God has already approved what you do. Now, all this is saying is, you know what? It's good to drink. You have a hard life. You're out there working your dullness. You're toiling, um, getting through life, and it's good to enjoy your life sometimes. You can have a drink. You can enjoy your food. Um, it's acceptable. Drinking is acceptable. But then we read in other scriptures that there are limits to our drinking that we need to be aware of. So we're going to go to Luke 21, 34. It says, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with the carousing drunkenness and the anxieties of life, and the day will close on you suddenly like a trap. Romans 13, 13 says, Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. And then uh, the big one, the big oof, the one that God drops on us here is Galatians 5, 21, and it says, Drunken uh, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So there we kind of have it. Drinking is okay. Drunkenness, not so much. So um, I know there's also scriptures in there that also say for people who don't have a problem with drinking, you know, things like that, that if it's going to cause your brother or sister to stumble, then we should abstain from it. So that means if I know that I have a friend who's an alcoholic and we're going to go out to dinner, uh, I should not be drinking. Even if they say it's okay, it's not good for me to drink because it could cause him to stumble. So there's also that to keep in mind as well. So moving on to the second part of the chorus. They call me a daughter. Okay, they call me a daughter, but I don't believe them. Baptized in the water, don't feel any different. So this was kind of like the catalyst of wanting to talk about this song. Um, they call me daughter, I don't believe them. We're all sons and daughters in, in, in God. If we are to put our faith in him, Right. And then it says, baptized in the water don't feel any different. If you don't... Okay, so first of all, baptism is an outward expression of an inward change. If you haven't had that inward change where you accept Christ as Lord, that you want to change your life, turn around all your sinful behaviors to follow him, then getting baptized is not going to make you feel any different. Because you're just doing something. Um, 
in in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it says, For it is by grace you've been saved, through faith, and is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We have to accept Christ into our hearts. We have to admit, like, know that he is Lord before we can get baptized. We don't have to know everything about Christianity. We don't have to know everything about the Bible. We don't have to know everything about church. We just have to know the one thing that Christ is Lord. He is our Savior. And then once you get baptized, then you start this journey of learning all of that. You learn more about him. You learn more about the Bible by reading scripture. You learn more at church. You have the Holy Spirit in you. All these things change you. That's what makes you feel different. And I know that there's probably so many people that just get baptized because they think that's the thing to do. And I know that there's been people here at this church where I've talked to them and they think that baptism is going to save them. It is not. That's why I always say baptism doesn't save you. It's faith alone that saves you. You have to have that faith. So I assume this writer that's talking about this, baptized in the water, don't feel any different. She either, the parents said, you're going to be baptized. Maybe she was baptized as a child. Uh, or if she was uh, a teen or something and a bunch of friends were getting baptized, I guess I'll get baptized too. But if you don't believe that, you're not going to feel any different. It's not a change. As a matter of fact, when I was baptized at a later age, I didn't feel any different after you know going down in the water and coming out. I felt different the day I decided I wanted to be baptized because I had accepted Christ into my heart. That was the faith that I needed to save me. So, yeah. You wouldn't feel any different if you're not all the way there, 100% believing Christ is Lord and accepting him into your heart. Um, then here's the last part of the chorus. Okay, so when I was, what I heard listening to this compared to when I looked up the lyrics online, are different. What I thought it said is, uh, all I know is it's Sunday, so I lift up my hands worshiping Jesus, but I'm drunk again. But the lyric says, all I know is it's a sign, so I lift up my hands worshiping Jesus, but I'm drunk again. So I don't really understand the all I know is it's a sign. But I was thinking, though, when I, when I initially heard it and thought they were saying, is all I know is it's Sunday, so I lift up my hands worshiping Jesus. I'm sure there are millions of people across the world that go to church on Sundays and they think, well, it's Sunday, so I'll worship Jesus and I'll lift my hands and do whatever. And they're trying to look and act a certain way and be a certain thing that they think people at church should be like. And maybe they're not even close to, to God. Maybe they don't even know if he's real they're just here hoping something happens or they're checking a box or doing something like that. And what she says here is, you know, I'm lifting up my hands, I'm worshiping Jesus, but here I am, I'm drunk again. That made me think of the verse from Mark 7 uh, that said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. 
worshiping him in vain. They they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I think that's probably a lot of people in our church, your church right now, that are just going through the motions. And this girl is saying she has all this trauma. She doesn't trust. She doesn't know. She's been baptized. Nothing's different. She's still going to go to church and worship, but it's not stopping the behaviors that she has. She's drunk again. Here it is. You know, I don't, I don't get it. And, um, and I think there's a lot of people out there that are feeling that way. And that, that's why I'm glad this song was written the way it was. I'm glad that there is a song out there that can open up not only our minds as Christians, that there are people in the church like this and that are struggling, that they're, they're stuck in their unbelief and their doubt. But I also hope that um, the people who hear this that aren't in the church can, can know that there's other people that feel like them. And I don't know, maybe they can stumble upon a podcast like this or somebody else talking about it, or maybe there's a life change in this girl who wrote the song that she will eventually share and say, you know what? I was wrong. There really is God. This has changed me. I don't know. I'm just saying that God can do a lot of great things. And, um, and so I'm glad that the song was written like this, and I'm just trying to wrap my mind around it. So moving on, let's get to verse two. There's only a little bit left. Don't worry. Verse two. Tell myself I'm a little too hard to save. Tired of waking up in my own grave. Bottles and Bibles next to my bed. Chasing the demons out of my head. Okay. So it says, tell myself I'm a little too hard to save. Tired of waking up in my own grave. Bottles and Bibles next to my bed. Chasing the demons out of my head. So here's what I think is the silver lining to this dark cloud that is being talked about in this song. She's saying she's a little too hard to save, which is sad, which I would not want anybody to think that. But I know there's a lot of people out there that, you know, I've talked to people. They're like, ah, I think that I'm a little too bad for God. You know, like, no, you're not. Um, Saul was a pretty bad dude before he came to Christ. There's a lot. Lots of people who've come to Christ have done way worse things than people think. And, um, uh, but there, but this verse, it says, um, thinks I'm too hard to save, tired of waking up in my own grave. She's calling the life that she's living her grave. Like it's desperate. It's terrible. It's bad. Right. But here's the part that I really like bottles and Bibles next to my bed. I understand that she's drinking a lot. That's sinful. She can't get out of this habit, but she also has the Bible there that she's reading. So she is searching. She wants out. She wants out of this grave. She wants these demons out of her head. She wants a better life. She's seeking it. And I think that as long as someone is seeking, there's still hope that they can come to the realization that Jesus is the only way. Because there's lots of people who maybe have been in this girl's position that has totally given up and threw the Bible out. They're not even interested in it anymore. They're just stuck in the mud and their disgusting life and their hopeless existence. And that's the way they're going to be till they die. But this has hope built into it here because she still has the Bibles there. She still wants out. She's still looking for the answers. And then in the bridge, I'll, I'll play that real quick. I'm looking for my heart. 
it just goes over. She just says it a bunch of times. I'm looking for my hallelujah. She's looking for that saving grace, that type of thing, which leads me to Revelation 3.20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Listening to this whole song, trying to wrap my mind around it, to me, this song is saying that this girl is allowing Jesus into her yard. She just hasn't been willing to open the door and let him in to her home or her heart. It's more of a, a head knowledge versus heart type of thing. Like, I just feel like she sees Jesus out that window. She looks out her front window and she sees Jesus there. She's got trauma and hurt and sin and feels awful. She's got nothing. and But she just hasn't opened that door yet. And, um, and I'm not talking about a crack the door open and take a look and uh, maybe. We'll, no, she needs to bust that door open and let him in so he can fill her. And these holes in her heart and her hurt and all that will be filled by his goodness and his love and his mercy. And she can know that she has the platform to change many others. And I'm actually excited for that to happen. I'm praying that it happens, that she comes to that realization at some point. Whatever rock bottom she has to hit, she'll hit it, but then she'll have no other choice but to to come to Christ, who is the only one who can fix her from this problem. So, um, a different kind of devotional today where we talk about a song that I heard that is pretty, from the outside, looks pretty anti-church, uh, anti-Jesus, um, but I think God will use this to change her, change others. That's what I'm hopeful for, so... If you like this, uh, please share it with your friends and family and neighbors and coworkers or strangers. It doesn't matter. Um, send a text, share the link. You know. By the way, also, I'm like, if you're listening on Apple or um, Spotify, you can uh, you can um, give me a good review. Would be nice, you know, something like that. All right, you guys have a good one, and I will see you next time.